Hello friends, welcome to God's Eagle Ministries. My name is Ambassador Monday Orojo Owe. And at God's Eagle Ministries, we are seeding the nations with God's word. And God himself is transforming lives through his timeless truth, one content at a time. We are one in Christ Jesus, let's say one. Uh, today we want to uh, talk a little bit um, to continue our series on prayer. Uh, in the course of this series, we've looked at 30 reasons for prayer. We looked at um, 10 hindrances to prayer. We looked at 30 reasons of unanswered prayers. We looked at six kinds of prayer. We looked at six ways to pray. And we looked at 20 reasons for fasting. And so if you look at uh, our uh, video, if you go under the check a look at the at the video, you would, uh, they're all there uh, in on our channel at otakada.org on the YouTube channel and also on our podcast channel at Podcaster. You will be able to listen to either the video, uh, watch the video, or listen to uh, the audio. Uh, we promised you that we're going to be dealing with a lot of prayers and um, we're going to be looking at various. Uh, prayer titles over 1,500 on them um, that would be uh, bringing to you and we hope and pray that you'll be equipped uh, through uh, this series to pray without season. Uh, Jesus told us that men always ought to pray and not faint. That is in Luke chapter 18 verse 1. I always say that when something is important you say it first and you repeat it towards the, uh, the end. So it's a command to pray. And why prayer? Prayer is important because that's the way we relate with God. God is a God of relationship. It's, uh, we can't have a creator that we are completely disconnected from him. And so he facilitated that con connection uh, through prayer. But before I go on, I'd like us to pray and then I'll read a few stories, true stories here. Uh, to bring perspective, uh, clarity to uh, before we go into the day we're looking at the prayer of repentance and forgiveness of sin. That's the first one. Before you go into uh, relating with the Holy God, you have to be clean and steady to be able to engage Him. And so we're going to give you uh, some bullet point that will help you so that when you go into uh, prayer of repentance and and forgiveness, it will, it will carry a lot of weight in the realm of the Spirit. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and honor for who you are. Thank you for uh, the privilege to share your word. Thank you for the gift of access that you've given unto us. Take all the praise, take all the honor, take all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And so as we begin uh, the, pra the prayer, the prayer points uh, in equipping the saints for the place of praying without season. We ask the Spirit of the living God that they take charge over these as my prayers goes out. Let it go into the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and bone and marrow to kickstart your people, to be motivated to pray <clears throat> in season and out of season in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, to pray without season. I said men always ought to pray and not uh, faint, and that if our strength in, in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 17, that if our, uh, if our strength fail in the day of adversity, our strength is, is weak indeed. 
I think it's Proverbs 24, 9, thereabout. Father, thank you for everything. We give you all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, why, the, uh, why are we talking about the prayer of repentance and forgiveness of sin? Before I go in there, let me just uh, read a few stories about uh, disobedience and, and, and forgiveness so that it gives perspective to this. It says that Adam's disobedience uh, severed him from God, the source of power, and gradually, as time passed, nullified the development of the faculties with which God had originally endowed him. And see, when he says that the day you eat that fruit, you die, it's the process of death uh, continued, and even our faculties began to be af affected as humans. Um, let me go on. Uh, the grumbler's song. Uh, also, you remember that the children of Israel, when they were leaving the Egypt, uh, they were grumbling. Now, well, let's look at this short story by Toro Harris. It says, in country, town, or city, some people can uh, can can be found who found their lives in grumbling at everything around. Oh, yes. They always grumble, no matter what we say. For these are chronic grumblers, and they grumble night and day. They grumble in the city, they grumble on the farm. They grumble at their neighbors, they think it is no harm. They grumble at their husbands, they grumble at their wives. They grumble at their children, but the grumbler never thrives. They grumble when it's raining, they grumble when it's dry. And if the crops are failing, they grumble and they sigh. They grumble at low price and grumble when they are high. They grumble all the year round. They grumble till they die. They grumble on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, grumble on Thursday too. Grumble on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They grumble the whole week through. This was a submission by Taurus Harris. And this is another story on disobedience. So, so I remember back when I was in my early teens, teens, one of my earliest job was throwing a paper route. I threw the Houston Press for a couple of years during junior high school. It was a good job and kept me out of mischief, but it got tiring. After a long uh, afternoon of folding about two hundred papers, throwing my route and turning toward home on my bike, I remember coming to the backyard of a large home at the corner across the street from our house. I thought to myself, I'm tired. No need to go all the way down to the end of the street and around this big yard. I would just cut across and be home in this jiffy. It was a quick and easy shortcut. The first time I did that, I entertained the little twin of a guild as I rode my bike across that nice blush grass. You need to understand this was a beautiful yard. To make matters worse, our neighbor was very particular about it. I had watched him manicure it week after week. Still, I figured it wouldn't hurt just this once. Late the next afternoon, I came tolling down the same street, thinking, I wonder if I ought to Used that same shortcut I did with less guilt than the first time. Theoretically, something told me I shouldn't, but practically, 
are rationalized around wrong. In less than two weeks, my bicycle tires had begun to wear a narrow path across the yard. By then, I knew in my heart I really should be going down and around the corner. But I didn't. I just shoved all those guilt feelings down out of sight. By the end of the third week, a small but very obvious sign appeared near the back sidewalk, blocking the path I made its red. Keep off the grass. No bikes. Everything but my name was on the sign. I confess, I ignored it. I went around the sign, rode right on over my path. But that uh, uh, there was a call uh, that was uh, coming in. Okay. So, um... So it says that the sign identified my scene, which in turn, so I was just, I ignored it. I went around the sign and rode right on over my path, glancing at the sign as I rode by. Admittedly, I felt worse. Why? The sign identified my scene, which in turn intensified my guilt. But what is most interesting, the sign didn't stop me from going across the yard. As a matter of fact, it held a strange fascination. It somehow podded me on to further wrong. Um, so that is that is the first story. The second story has something to do with forgiveness. Forgiveness. <clears throat> and the story is from John D. Rockefeller. Forgiveness. John D. Rockefeller built the great stand standard oil empire. Not surprisingly, Rockefeller was a man who demanded high performance from his company executive. One day, one of those executives made a $2 million mistake. What of the man's, one of, what of the man's enormous error quickly spread throughout the executive office, and the other men began to make themselves scarce. Afraid of Rockefeller's reaction, they didn't even want to cross his path. One man did, didn't have any choice, however, since he had an appointment with the boss. Okay. So he strengthened his uh, shoulders and tightened his belt and walked into Rockefeller's office. As he approached the oil monarch's desk, Rockefeller looked up from the piece of paper in which he was writing. I guess you've heard about the $2 million mistake our friend made, he said abruptly. Yes, the executive said, expecting Rockefeller to explode. Well, I've been sitting here listing all of my friend's good qualities in this sheet of paper, and I've discovered that in the past, he has made us many more times the amount he lost for us today by his one mistake. His good points far outweigh this one human error. So I think we ought to forgive him, don't you? Hmm. That is forgiveness. And the prayer of repentance and forgiveness. I think one more story hmm. from Bruce Larson. Says a cartoon in the New Yorker magazine showed an exasperated father saying to his prodigal son, this is the fourth time we've killed the fatted calf. God does that over and over in our lifetime. 
And so let's go into the reading of scripture uh, because this is important. We understand how grievous sin is before we talk about repentance from sin and uh, forgiveness. In fact, I have one more story here. Uh, it says, repentance is not like the person who sent the IRS a check for $150 with a remark, if I can't sleep, I'll send you the rest. You know, that's no repentance. Repentance, you don't, uh, it's just total repentance. And the story of the prodigal uh, gives us a true picture of how uh, we should handle this. The scripture tells us that if we sin, we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not, it's not in us. Because um, this story, and it's also talked about in uh, James 4, 17. It says uh, that, um, what's the way, that's the way you put it. Uh, it says that whatever, uh, uh, whatever is done out of faith is sin. That is, uh, um, that is Romans fourteen twenty three. For whatever uh, does not proceed from faith is sin. And James four seventeen says that. Uh, um, I've forgotten that. James four seventeen. James 4, 17. James 4, 17. I just recited that earlier and forgotten completely. James 4, 17. Oh, sorry. It says, he who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him, to him is sin. Okay? But I like the way First John uh, uh, 1, 2, and 3 puts what sin is. So I would like us to read First uh, John, um, John 2, uh, 1, 2, and 3. And so... That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which ye have seen, with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is a message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That's verse 8. 
Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. It goes to verse 2 to tell us what are these sins. So listen, my little children, these sins write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do not, we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that said, I know him, and keepeth not his commandment, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, whereby know we that we are in him. He that saith his, he abided in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but the old commandment which ye have what ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that said he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even unto now. And so when we hate our brothers, relationship issues that is sin. He that loveth the brother abideth in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whether he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. And I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, Father, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abided in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the father, the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, is telling us the things to avoid of the world, the loss of what? The world, neither the things that are in it, the world, in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh and the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and lost thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time, as ye have heard, that an antichrist shall come. Even now are there many antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. They were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. 
I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lies of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denied that Jesus is a Christ, he is an antichrist, that denied the faith, Father and the Son. Whosoever denied the Son, the same had not the Father, but he had acknowledged the Son. He that acknowledged the Son have the Father also. Let I therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. This is a promise that he hath promised us, even in eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abided in you, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it had taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Finally, chapter 3, before we go into prayer, we are giving you uh, John, First John 1, 2, and 3, gives you a true picture of what sin is. It starts off with uh, the issue of love, hating your brother, loving the world, then rejecting Christ. Now uh, we're looking at number 3. Behold, chapter 3, Behold, that's First John 3, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed, bestowed, bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knoweth him not. You see, behold, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that had this hope in him purified himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committed sin transgressed into also the war, the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. So he's now explaining to us that sin is a transgression of law. So you see different definitions coming. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abided in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committed sin is of the devil, but the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, but his seed remained in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifested, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So sin, when you hate your brother, that is sin. Okay? And for this is a message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. So when we don't love one another, that is sin. And that does not mean a Christian. It can also be a, 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 uh, an unbeliever anywhere in the world. Wherever you land, that's your neighbor. Anybody around is a neighbor. You hit them, you're sinned. Okay? For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. That's verse 11 of First John 3. 
not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Again, that's one of the biggest issues Christians have, loving one another. It's a big issue in the body of Christ. And if we have difficulty loving ourselves, how do we love the ones that are outside, which we are also commanded to love? He said, whoever, verse 15, whoever hated his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer had eternal life abiding in him. That is a scripture. It cannot be broken. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Whosoever had this was good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. So when our brothers and sisters have need and we don't meet them, we are breaking the law. We are breaking the code of the DNA of the Christian uh, life. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. So that one of the ways that we know that we've not sinned is our heart, our conscience does not condemn us. But if we continue in that sin, like the story of the guy who rides his bike across the lawn, then we just miss, we just don't even sense we're doing anything wrong. But at this step, at the beginning we started, we know we've done something wrong. For if our heart condemns us not, as verse 20 of 3, 1 John 3, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence toward God. Verse 22, And whatsoever we act, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Okay, so we believe in his name, Apart from that, we confess him. Apart from that, we love one another. Anything outside that, we have seen him. If we don't ask Jesus, we have seen If we have Jesus and we don't love one another, we have seen Is that clear? And he that keepeth his commandment dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abided in us by the spirit which he had given us. All right, so I'll now like to pray the prayer of forgiveness. I uh, usually use Psalm 51, and uh, I like the way David prays. Psalm 51, and it covers a lot of ground. So I'll encourage you, uh, you can use any other verse, to uh, any other psalm to pray, or any other scripture to pray, but I prefer uh, John uh, Psalm 51 when David uh, fell from grace by sleeping with another man's wife and killing the man. That's a grievous offense, but you see, God doesn't qualify offenses 
offense is an offense. So this is a prayer. And the way it goes is we go like this. We can read the verse and then expand, read the verse and expand. So have mercy upon us, O God. So let, Lord, we just want to thank you. We come before you today. We come before you asking uh, for uh, in repentance and complete turnaround, not holding anything back, asking for forgiveness for ways we've missed the mark. And so we pray through the great prayer of Psalm 51. Lord, have mercy upon us, O God. Have mercy. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of the tender mercies, blot out our transgressions through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, for they are many. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin through the precious blood of Jesus. This is me adding more now because at this point, Jesus has not come to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. We have acknowledged our transgressions and our sin is ever before us. This is the time to talk about the specifics of whatever it is that has brought this you to the prayer ground to ask for forgiveness. Is it lying? Is it deceit? Hatred for brother, unforgiveness, uh, rejecting uh, people, rejecting, not showing love. What is it? Put it across. For I acknowledge my transgressions, verse 3, and my sin is ever before you. Against you, you only, have I sinned. And none this evil in the sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou speakest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. He says in First John, uh, we read in the chapter 1, it says that he who says he has no sin makes God a liar. You see, if we say we have no sin, we, we deceive ourselves and we make God a liar. Because in the very essence that we came through Adam, we are sinners. Okay, but we've confessed our sin. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We read that earlier. Behold, thou desired truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with the precious blood of Jesus, and I am clean. Wash me with the precious blood of Jesus. I am whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Though the walls that are collapsing around me, says he who breaks the wall, the serpent will bite. And so walls are collapsing because of sin. Sometimes it's not even God attacking us. It's the sad devil because we've entered into his terrain, terrain the terrain of darkness. Maybe to hear joy and gladness at the bones which thou hast broken the rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities through the precious blood of Jesus. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew his right spirit within me. Holy Spirit, get grief. Or when we, we, we sin, when we are angry with people, when we're bitter. So we're asking the Spirit to be re-energized, reactivated in us. Cast us not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. So Holy Spirit, be re-energized, reactivated in us. We're sorry for grieving you, Holy Spirit. Come again. Lead us into all truth. Comfort us on all sides. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation and uphold with thy free spirit that when we come boldly into God's presence, 
we know that all things well. When our heart does not condemn us, we know we are forgiven. Okay, then will we teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. There's no way, there's no witnessing. What kind of evangelism do we want to do if we live in sin? We make our ways right. Then we can talk to other people about righteousness. Deliver us from blood guiltiness, O God, our God of our salvation. And our tongue shall sing aloud of our righteousness. He says that when we hate our brother, we are murderers. That's what Jesus says, said in Matthew chapter 5. Read it there. So this is not just killing uh, Bathsheba's uh, husband. This is also when we hate our brothers, we are murderers. That's what the word says. O Lord, open now our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. He says, when we sin, our song become an abomination. Our prayer become an abomination before God. O Lord, open now our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would give it. Thou delightest not in bond offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God. That would not despise. We have to come to God broken completely from knowing that we've done wrong. Not that we continue, we, we're in iniquity, we're doing things wrong continuously over and over again. And come to say we're sorry when we know we're wrong. Like the story we talked about the young man, uh, that how many calves, fatted calves, the father was telling the son, the prodigal sons, but how many fattest calves would I kill for you? It's wrong. For us to continue to do the prodigal son who goes back again. Is wrong after sincere apologies. It is wrong. O Lord, open now our lips, for thou desirest not sacrifice. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit. Verse 18, do good in thy good pleasure unto us. Build the walls around our wall, our life that has been collapsed. That sin breaks the walls around our lives. It allows sickness, disease, death to come into our lives. We're asking God to restore that also. That is a prayer of repentance, uh, so that when we begin to give thanks, worship, praise, and order, adoration to the Lord, He can uh, accept uh, our prayers. Father, we just want to thank you, and I pray even right now for uh, the viewers who are uh, on uh, on this channel. I ask, oh God, that you you begin to touch every one of us in the name of Jesus. I ask that your presence will envelop us in the name of Jesus. I ask that you cleanse us of all unrighteousness through the precious blood of Jesus. Lord, we come before you today. We've lied. We've done things. We've been bitter. We, our relationship are all messed up. We ask to God that, to Lord, as we go about restoring those relationships, Lord, you forgive us that we will love our brethren, we will love our neighbor as ourselves. Our neighbor is anywhere we are, not just within our home. Father, we thank you because you are God Almighty. There is none like unto you. We give you all the praise for forgiving us our sins, for cleansing us completely of everything that does not honor and glorify your name. Thank you for Jesus, for the death, the sacrificial death upon the cross of Calvary that has cleansed us and brought us this unfettered access. May we not continue to crucify Jesus over and over again by going into the things that we know are against the tenets of the kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us in Jesus' name. So, brothers and sisters, this brings us to the end of the prayer of repentance and forgiveness of sin. If you want to know what sin is, just go to First John chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. It covers the whole ground.
He talks to you about hatred for brother, talks about not receiving Christ, talks about breaking the law. He talks about uh, loving the things of the world, the loss of the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and all of those are sins. He talks about, we learned also, that when we know the right thing to do and we don't do it, it is sin. He says that when we do something that it does not proceed out of faith, it is sin. And so we must realize that uh, we have to be doing this continuously over and over again. That's why we decided to do this first because this is so crucial in our work with the Lord. In our work with the Lord, before we begin to ask for things, we need to be sure that we're in right standing with the creator of the ends of the, the creator of the universe and us inclusive. In Jesus' name, amen. Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his countenance to shine upon you brightly and give you peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. May his presence continue to envelop you everywhere you go. May the line begin to fall for you in pleasant places in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray.